Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Everybody and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. How are you, Nikki Kinzer? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, how about you? I, do you know I'm tired? Oh. I And you know I know I'm tired because I've got the eye twitch. You know the eye twitch? <gasps> oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Oh, no. I even feel like I, I've, I've been faking it all morning. You know, I get up early, I get the kids, and I'm rallying, and everybody's here, and my wife's been gone all week. She got back late last night, and that's mostly why I'm tired. I stayed up to, for her to get home, and I woke up this time trying to rally, and now everybody's gone, and it's quiet, and I realize, oh. wow, my eye is twitching like crazy. That is a sign that I am a little bit exhausted and overwhelmed, and so... Yeah, you need to slow down a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So are yes. you going to take a nap when we're done recording? No, but I am going to the coast this weekend. I'm going to the coast to relax with a couple of friends and um, and put my feet up and do a little writing and just enjoy the space. Oh, well, that'll I'm be great. fantastic. I love the ocean. I love me some ocean. I know. Me too. So, so we're going to talk a little bit. It's a digital episode. It's very exciting. I know you're very excited. Well, I'm not even, I don't even have notes in front of me. I have no idea really <laughs> what you're going to talk about. So I'm, I'm here with you for the ride. All right. Well, so it's, it's mostly digital. It's a mostly digital episode, but I count on you to jump in as we're talking about I uh, will. some other stuff because there's, the, you know, it's the underlying foundational logic behind all these things that I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the, the tools uh, that I use for to provide structure and really free me from the overwhelm on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that requires just some conversation about kind of, you know, what do you think about when you're overwhelmed, that kind of a thing. And so um, I, I thought we would start with just understanding your own availability uh, and talking a little bit about the importance of routines, right? Oh, Yes. So routines are an interesting kind of a, a beast, and we've talked a lot about routines, um, you know, on the show in the past. I think we've done whole episodes on just the act of defining your routines, and and uh, you know where I come from, routines that routines sneak up on me. That I unless I sit down and I'm very intentional about looking at my calendar and documenting my time, I'm not aware of how many unconscious or subconscious routines exist in my life that eat up my time. Does that make sense? 
It does. It does. Um, give me an example. I'm sure if yeah. I, I want to know, so I'm sure listeners want to know well, too, what would be an example of something sneaking up on you? Well, so I look at my calendar in the morning and I think, uh, okay, so I have so many hours that are available in my day and I wake up in the morning and then there's the, there's the morning routine that I may not have thought about how much time goes into the morning routine. Well, first I have to I have to get myself up. Then I have to go out and I, I turn on all the lights and start rallying the little dragons that mm-hmm. sleep down the hall and, and try to get them out of bed and calm and kind and sweet and, and gent- <laughs> with gentle spirit and energy. And then there's, you know, I have to coax them through making their lunches and making breakfast and, and getting them out the door. Sometimes that includes driving. Sometimes it includes, you know, just whisking them away into somebody else's car. Uh, but before you know it, all of those steps have eaten up an hour and 20 minutes of my morning. Right. Mm-hmm. That is what I call an unconscious routine, right? It's something we do every day because it's right in front of us and we have to do it uh, because there are people counting on us to do it, but it still eats up morning time, right? It right. eats up that time. What kind of routines sneak up on you? Do you have any of those routines, like afternoon routines or evening routines, particularly around meal times? There are routines, right, that that sort of come into your life. Well, right now, because my, both of my kids are in sports, the the, the routine has been really tracking. Um, who needs to be where, when, and what do they need to have? Um, that's like, that is like equivalent to like a NASA project. Well, it is. And, it, and you know, the first time I did really good, like, I'm like, okay, I've got everything that my son needs for, for football. And I even made him a sandwich, you know, in between practices, cause he's doing flag football and he's also doing tackle football. And, uh, there's just a little bit of a break in between. So, you know, I was doing great. I was like getting him sandwiches in between and everything. And then this week, the, the, two times that the practices have overlapped. Mom, did you make me anything? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So he's like going into his like backpack, trying to find anything. He found like this granola bar, like from the summer. (laughs) I'm like, eat it. It'll be fine. That's fantastic. (laughs) So I, you know, part of that is definitely, I think snuck up on me, but, um, it was also something I needed a checklist for. Like, I think it, it really would have been helpful to say, okay, at five o'clock, I'm dropping off at five fifteen. I need to make, you know, a sandwich so that at seven o'clock when I pick him up, he has it. I mean, you know, like I just needed, I, it would have been nice to have a checklist because man, between, even between both my husband and I doing, um, double duty, like, cause he would help with, with my daughter. It, it's just complicated. Yes. It's really complicated. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I absolutely experienced this just last night. I had a, uh, um, you know, I had my, my son had to go to swimming. My daughter was home. She didn't have any activities in the evening, but she had a lot of homework and I had, you know, I was solo dad and I had a lot of driving around and we didn't have the ingredients for the dinner that I was going to make. It was already late. And so for the first time, I actually had to enlist my daughter to be my proxy at swimming. And that was an illuminating experience because I dropped both my kids off. She checks him in. She goes and sits in the stand and works on her homework. And I got to go to the grocery store. Wow. Uh, that was the first time that that's ever happened. It totally changed the dynamic of our routine. Now, I'm not going to be able to get away with that in the future, but it really does. <laughs> it helped me uh, in a big way to understand that that I'm, uh, you know, we have growing kids. We can start kind of leveraging their experience yeah. now. Um, Absolutely. It, but, you know, in any case, so I I think the first step is really to document your routines, right? To document 
document mm-hmm. your morning, afternoon, evening, your meal times, your weekend routine. What are the things that, what are the, the series of tasks that stack up for you and, and who is involved in them? Because generally you're not alone in, in a lot of your family type, type routines. What are those routines? Because that will help you understand your total availability. And that's a really important kind of foundational principle. When you go and look at your daily calendar and you see a bunch of open hours, uh, but you haven't actually kind of put in your routines, your morning routines, your afternoon and your evening routines, you don't really know how much time you have to work with. That's very true. Oh, it's very true. And I think that the time goes away so quickly or yeah, it just passes so quickly that, um, it's really important that, that you check that out, which actually it's funny you bring this up because last week on the blog, I talk about the one routine that everybody needs to have. Like what, what, what do you think? I don't know if you've already seen the blog post maybe, but what do you think the essential routine that everybody with ADHD needs to have? Well, I, I haven't, I haven't read it, so I don't That's know. okay. Good. Well, any guesses then? Um, it has oh. something to do with what you were just talking about. Oh, um, just schedule your time. It, just looking at the calendar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just simply looking at the calendar. Well, it, it, oh, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's why I schedule your time. I think you're, I think that's it. I, I, and for me, like as somebody who deals with this stuff myself, I, I that's the, that's the <laughs> only thing, like, that's like the golden rule number one. Right. And that's why I was like, that's yeah. the one essential thing because so many people don't even look at the calendar. So they don't even look at the calendar to schedule the time. So yeah. just getting into the routine to even know that you have to look at your calendar. And then also I think adding on what you're saying here is you've got to schedule your time. You've got to look at what is available you know, for these routines to work, it it all works together, right? It's all connected. Um, but the first thing is that you just, that calendar is such an important tool. I was telling somebody yesterday, um, I said, do you go anywhere without your phone? No. And she doesn't have her calendar in her phone. It's all, she does all manual stuff. Uh, And I'm like, so you have to have your planner just like you have your phone. Yeah. Like you have, I mean, it, it, it's that important. (laughs) Um, it absolutely is. And I think we're, we're getting into, you know, when you talk about the the kind of digital dependence uh, we have this interpersonal dependence that sometimes we're not aware of it's it is that hidden shared you know routine the shared work that that we do with other people whether it's partner spouse kids uh, partners at work and I think having some sort of mechanism to share the load is really important. So, you know, once we understand our total availability, we have to understand the work. And that's where kind of this calendar and task list thing happens. And I've been reflecting on this because I think, you know, I'm a little bit of an, of an omnifocus zealot. Is that fair? I mean, I may be, that may be a, too strong a word. But I do love me some OmniFocus. I I would say that that's pretty true. <laughs> you weren't yeah. supposed to agree that easily, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll let that slide. I think that that uh, you know it's it's not necessarily about the tool that I've chosen to use or that anybody chooses to use. It's just about um, kind of having a, a total understanding of the entire scope of your work. And and once you have that, then you have to back off a little bit. And here's what I mean by that. Yeah, explain. So I, uh, I think I'm, I'm probably, uh, I, I would expect that I'm not uh, speaking to those who don't understand this feeling. When you have all of your work documented and then you open up your work list on Monday at 8 a.m. And I you know think, where you're going with this. I yes. am totally hopeless. I yeah. am a waste of space. There is no way I will ever get this done, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm finished. I'm going to go have a drink. Mm, overwhelm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
And so this is this is my uh, my mantra, and I'm stealing it um, from somebody else who's said it in in nice nice words. You will never get through your entire to do list, and that's okay. Uh, amen. Right? Yeah, it's this, so true. It's so true. Is, you, it's not about necessarily figuring out how to get everything done. It's figuring out how to get more done with the limited time that you have available and Mm -hmm. how to get the right things done. And so I think so much of this is about permission. It's finding permission, uh, finding the way to give yourself permission to do less, but do it really well because... Oh, I love that. Yeah? Yeah, that's good. So I think, and this is, uh, I, I, I think the trick is thinking in threes, right? Think about how you can get your stuff done in threes. Uh, and, and I'm going to credit Matt McCormick for, for this, although others have said it. Matt McCormick at Technori uh, has written a great post on, on you know, structure to the day. Um, and, and so he, he's, his recommendation is only give yourself one significant task to do every day. Just one. Everything else gets kicked down the field. Mm-hmm. Then give yourself two other things, right? That are not significant, but you really would like to get them done. Now mm-hmm. you have three things that you need to get done. One has a great big giant flag on it that says, this is the one thing I need to commit myself to do today that I'm absolutely committing my mind, body, and energy to get this thing done. And the other two things, they would be great if I can get them done, but they're not really required, right? I like that. Yeah. So you have three things and you're giving yourself permission to relax. And because the problem with having the giant list is that failure to complete all the items on that list becomes a habit. You're building a habit of looking at a giant list and knowing before you even begin working that you're about to fail. By the end of the day, you will be a failure because you will not have completed all the stuff that you said you were going to get done on Monday. Right. And that's a terrible way to live, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you really, I mean, you've got to be realistic about what you put on your list. You've got to believe in those lists and create and let them have power. And then you have to be forgiving. But let me ask you this, because one of the things that I have recommended in the past is that it's very similar to this threes thing, right? Is as I will tell clients to, to look at what are the top one to two priorities that you have to get that done that day. Mm -hmm. But I'm also sort of a believer of having one master kind of list to put all of this stuff on, but it's not it's not the to-do list. That's not the to-do list. That's just a, a master project task list that you can kind of brain dump. I mean, exactly. what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that gets to the sort of the next part of this, which is how do okay. you manage the, all of the tasks that you have? Because you've got to have a, a place to document them. For me, yeah, again, yeah, you can't keep them in your no, head. No, 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 no. But no. for me, that's OmniFocus, right? And and so, you know, just conceptually, there are things that are on the list that have dates associated with them. That of when I need to begin work and when they are actually due. Mm-hmm. Most of the things in my OmniFocus list do not have dates in them. But because of the processes that I put around building my lists each day, week, and month, I'm, I, I am surfacing all of the activity that's on the list uh, on a very frequent basis, whether there's a date associated with it or not. So in terms of process, this all goes back to GTD, right? There's a, there's a daily process at the end of every day. I'm, I'm going through the, the tasks that are on the, on the list for the next day and planning my next day. What are the big three? And in, in my case, I actually have more than three, but, but <gasps> that all I do is, is work on projects. Like it's not, it, I, you know, my, my daily activity is working on tasks for other people. 
and other people have big tasks. So, you know, it's, that's just kind of the way my work is. Right. Um, And then I enter that work in the calendar. Right. That ends up being kind of an important, an important piece is you. Take so you the are scheduling. Yeah. yeah. You are scheduling when you're going to do task A and you're putting it into your calendar yes. when you're going to do that. Yep. That's right. That's, That's the, right. the act of transitioning yep. from the list uh, of work to the day so that I know now that I know where all my routines are. I know what time I have available and I slate the work in that time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually do that. Um, you know, I tend to be more restrictive of my time these days because I've created this, I've, I've started using a digital service called Calendly and there are a number of services like this, but Calendly allows others to schedule time on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So I have to be very aggressive about blocking off time to actually work. Otherwise other people will schedule appointments and I won't have any work time. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I block sense. off a lot of busy time so that I can actually get some work done. So yeah. there's the daily, then there's the, the weekly review, which in which I go through every project that's on my list uh, every week. I just do a quick scan, takes about a half hour on Sunday evening and anything that is, that I know is coming up with a due date, I might flag, I'll put it on a specific date to start working on that coming week, but I'm reviewing all the work on the list. And then we have the, uh, the, the higher level, which is the, the monthly review or the projects review where I'm looking at everything that's outside of the daily client work. That's the someday maybe stuff, right? It's the the bigger projects that I want to take on. Is there some action that I can add to my week or my day that will help me move these more personal or professional projects forward? So I, in, in that way, I'm looking at the entire scope of my, of, of the work that I've documented. I'm adding new lists, I'm doing new brain dumps, uh, but I'm keeping it really organized because of the daily, weekly, monthly reviews. Uh, and that, that has become a really important part of the process for me. That's great. So the, the tools that I, you know, I, we've talked about OmniFocus. Yeah, we've talked about it so much. I don't want to talk about it specifically. But the tools that I, I do want to recommend are simply uh, task tools in this case. Um, and they are shared. The, the, what they allow you to do is share the workload with others. And so, you know, I'm thinking now in the context of, of home and small business, um, they, these tools allow you to create, you know, shared like task lists or work lists that you can invite others to to take part in. Now, on the simplest level, you know, uh, my family is a, we have a Mac family. So everybody has Macs and iPhones and iPads and things like that. And so we use the Reminders app on Mac and iOS uh, because it's now fully synced in iCloud. It's a, it, it is, has been a very reliable syncing service recently. And you can add different lists, like to say a grocery list. So now um, if my wife says, I'm going to run over to the grocery store, is there anything you need? I know I don't need to tell her or text her. I just open the Reminders app go to our shared grocery list and and add whatever I want as individual items on that list, mm-hmm. right? So that's a very simple way to look at it. We also have our family planning lists in there. Like, um, gosh, do you have you read about a location in a book that you would really like to visit? This happens, my kids do this. And so they go to the family vacation planning list or the wish list, you know, and they yeah. say, I want to go to Yosemite or I want to go to, you know, Crater Lake or, you know, and we just add these things to the list. And then in our family meetings, when we're planning spring break or planning summer, we can go to that list and say, hey, let's go to some uh, the next place on this list that we've been building together. Uh, it makes it a really nice place to share those kinds of, of family planning structures that you, you lose if, if somebody's yeah. not taking ac- action on that. And That's this right. way, one person doesn't have responsibility to keep track of all of that. It's kind of a family thing. 
And it's all in the same place. It's all in the same place. Now, there are right. two other apps that are highly recommended that are very slick. One of them is called AnyDo, any.do. Uh, and it is a fantastic shared um, task uh, work list and wonder list, W-U-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T. These are both fantastic shared work lists that I, I recommend you check out. They have apps for both uh, uh, Mac and uh, PC and iPhone and Android. They are uh, and and they do essentially the same thing, but more as as with many of these apps, you know, more than reminder for us for, in this context, reminders does the job. But uh, any do and Wonderlist are are great and much celebrated applications. So lovely. So those That's are great. a couple of tools. Now, um, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about briefly is this idea of of how you understand relationships and structure in your life. Right? How do you visually organize information? And a long time ago, we did a whole episode on mind maps. Do you even remember that? It was so long ago. It, it was a long time ago. But yes, I do remember it. Are you still using mind maps? Um, I do occasionally. Uh, I still have the iThoughts on my iPad, so it's still available. I just don't use it a whole lot, but um, I, I, I tend to be old school when it comes to mind mapping. I do the old pen- pencil paper. and yeah, paper. paper. Yeah. Um, but I do rem- you know, when I have used it, it's been very... Um, flexible because you, you know, you can still move things around and reorder things. And it's a great visual tool for sure. It is a great visual tool. I, you know, boy, I, I love it. Uh, I love the whole concept of, of mind mapping. I love the, I, I love the, generally love the results. Once you get a really big mind map and you start navigating through it and you kind of see how all these ideas are connected, I, th- I get really excited about that. Kind of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, why mind mapping? Well, you know, mind mapping, visually organizing information has been around, you know, since the earliest of cave drawings, right? I mean, that's that's what hieroglyphics really are: is telling a telling a sort of a visual story and connecting these these narrative ideas, um, you know, visually with with small pictograms. And that's that's kind of the genesis of mind mapping. It was popularized by British uh, pop psychologist Tony Buzan, uh, and you know, we've talked a lot about him. You can Google him. He's a he's the guy who really made mind mapping as a term popular, uh, but I have fallen in love when you're talking about structure over your life. I've fallen in love with this idea of theory of constraints and using mind mapping to help you visualize your life. Now there is a guy by the name of Kurt Siffert and we're going to, we've got to have him on the show because he is a real expert in helping to use uh, mind mapping. Uh, he uses a different tool, but this theory of constraints um, kind of relationship structure to help you visualize what your, you know, your goals in life. And it's just fantastic. Okay. So you're going to have to, cl- yeah. you know, clear some things. What do you mean by constraints of relationship structure? What well, does that mean? Here's, I'm going to give you an example here. Let's just say I have a central thesis that I want to have a great life. Right. That that's pretty yeah, nebulous, that's, right? That's, that's kind yeah, of ambiguous. That's a, a good goal. It's a good goal. <laughs> I want to have a great life. Yeah, I like that. What does that mean? Well, now I'm in my mind map and I want to I, I want to build a structure around having a great life. Well, I know that um I want to uh have meaningful career relationships. Well, that's if if I have meaningful career relationships, I'll be moving forward toward having a great life. That's that's one thing that I want. You're creating your vision. Right. 
right? Right. I mean, that's, that's what I'm hearing. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I might want to also have on there. I want to earn what I'm worth. Right. right. I want to be paid a fair wage for for the value that what I bring to my clients and partners. Well, there's mm-hmm. another one. I want to share my success with a partner or family. Right. So mm-hmm. I, now I have another uh, element that that leads to or to what, what he would call a critical success factor that leads to having a great life. So now I've got three things that are starting to help me define what having what a great means. life is. I want to work on projects that celebrate my unique value as Pete Wright. Right. I want to work on the projects that really help let me shine uniquely in areas that I have unique strength. Uh, and not just stuff that is replaceable, where I would be replaceable, right? Another cog, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Now, let's just say those four things were enough. And in that case, they're not enough. I, I might want more, or I, they might lead me to re- redefine what having a great life is or use new, more specific words. But what that allows me to see, after I've gone through this process, it allows me to see not only what the constituent elements toward having a great life are for me, But also it lets me review all those elements and say, now, if all of those things come true, are they sufficient to actually mean that I'm having a great life? Or is there something that's potentially missing? So when you see one of these mind maps all fleshed out right that define your the structure of your work you're not only dealing with the the personal stuff the family stuff but you're dealing at a really detailed level uh, around the work and the projects that you're working on that you're creating the things that you're putting into the world that all lead up to your kind of uh, success statement, right? The thing mm-hmm. that you want to achieve. And you know that once all of the, the critical success factors and all of the work elements are become true, that you will be on your path to achieving that success statement or having a great life. Now, uh, Kurt uses an application called Flying Logic, which is a, a visual planning tool, like a mind mapping tool. It is a spendy tool. It's like 250 bucks. But when you see it in action, it's a work of art. It is hmm. a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. We're gonna, we'll have Kurt on and we'll do a screencast uh, where he can sort of walk through this process as a special episode. We really need to because it's a, it is a beautiful, uh, beautiful tool. So you can do this with other mind mapping tools. And the tool, I have actually moved away from iThoughts HD, uh, which is the tool that we had, had talked about last time around, over a year ago uh, that we last oh, talked way about this. O- yeah, yeah, way yeah, over that. long time ago. Um, I moved to an application called MindNode. It is a, a Mac app and iOS app. Uh, uh, you know, I like it because it's fast. I was just uh, I was shooting a uh, an event, uh, a technical event here in in Portland a week and a half ago, and I was happened to be you know shooting from right behind an audience member who was using an application that I happened to notice. It was called FreePlan, and the reason I noticed it is because it was a a mind mapping tool, and I'm always curious about mind mapping tools as I'm looking over his shoulder. But B, because he was so incredibly fast at using this thing. I mean, he was blazing over that keyboard, using it to take notes uh, of the conference that he was attending. And it was really a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing to look at. Now, it's free and open source, and uh, you can download it and uh, install it and and see what that's like. So we'll put links to that in the show notes, along with MindNode and iThoughts HD, and uh, you know other tools that come very highly recommended when you look more into project management tools like MindJet. Uh, so we'll put links to all of these mind mapping tools so you can explore them uh, in more detail. Uh, Great. So that, that's mind mapping. How do you feel? 
I like it. You feel okay? It makes me want to mind map it, my great life. As it should. <laughs> yeah. It I should. think that's that's a great reference. Um, because, yeah, most of the time I've always used mind mapping for, you know, projects, like breaking down projects. And, you know, your 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 brain is your project. Yeah. And then what is everything that goes along with it? But I, I've never really actually thought about your vision and your statement like that. So it's really cool. It I is, like it. It is so cool. And I, you know, once we started kind of going through this process, it made me totally rethink, you know, and I use mind maps to take notes and such, but it made me totally rethink my use of the tool and the value that I get in the tool and, and applying it. Once you have a, a vision of the work that you do, when you drill back up, I mean, think back to where we started, which was understanding the time that you have available. Now that you have a vision of kind of all the work that you do and how that leads to what really brings you joy and, and stability, now you can make smarter decisions about how you use the limited time that is available to you. And oh, I like that. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's great. It is great. It, it makes for a great life. Yes. I, here's hoping. I like it. Yeah, I have, exactly. I, I have Good one last stuff. bonus pick yeah. um, because I just discovered it. And it's a, you know, we've talked about uh, the value of meditation and mindfulness. Yes. Okay. So Calm is the app that I, that is, has been my favorite for a long, long time. But there is an app that I, is new to me, but is not new to the world. It's called Budify. <laughs> Budify. B- Buda, I Budify. like that. B-U-D-D-I-H-I-F-Y. And it is available for Mac and Android or for iOS and Android. And it is a meditation app. And it's so cool. It's a little bit counter or not counterintuitive. It's, um, it, it, I don't know. It, it applies statistics to your meditation. Really? Yeah, right? Oh, interesting. I have kind of a hard time with that, but I love it as somebody who loves data. I love collecting data. I love data. You know, I I love fitness data. I love health data. I love all this data. So why wouldn't I love meditation data? So here... <laughs> what kind of right? meditation data is there? Well, it's, it's about like time and um, I only just got it. it it's, um, it's five bucks on the App Store for iOS, Budify 2. So what it does... <laughs> Is it, it gives you this ring, right? It gives you a ring and it says, okay, what, what's going on with your life, right? Are you, are you just trying to meditate? Are you trying to wake up? Are you trying to travel? Are you going traveling? Are you eating? Are you taking a it work break? It asks these questions? Yeah. Are you walking around? Oh. Are you at home? Are you going through some sort of pain or illness? So it gives you the context of what it is that you're doing. And so let's just say I can't sleep. You open can't sleep and then you have... <laughs> A whole bunch of, in this case, six different meditations that give you the time. Seven minutes for the settled meditation. Twelve minutes for the gentle meditation. I don't know what number three is, the whack meditation. It's 12 (laughs) minutes. Uh, The hello nine-minute meditation. So once you tap on on a meditation... Then you have, it, it sets you, it gives you a time. It says this is 12-minute meditation, and you just, uh, you just hit play. Not being able to sleep is a difficult experience. And it just leads you through a oh, guided yeah. meditation. Supported by the bed. We can have... Right? How kind is he? He's very kind. <laughs> I need him in the middle of the night. Right? I am totally getting this app. Right? Budify is going to be on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because seriously, I have problems sleeping. I wake up in the middle of the night and then I'm up for a long time. So I, I'm going to listen to that man speak. You should. And so then when you go into stats, right, there's there's just like a solo kind of meditation. But when you go into stats, you can... 
you can it'll show you um graphs about uh how you're doing uh so it's how all many specific minutes, to you it's yeah. like like how many minutes so, you meditate exactly. and everything and you can yeah, how many minutes you meditate, how much content you've been through how many days what's your current streak uh, oh, which is a nice little streak? game. Yes, That's a nice little game. Your meditation. Yeah. How counterintuitive is that? And then you have uh, three options to rate yourself, right? You rate your mindfulness, you rate your concentration, and you rate your balance. And then when you rotate the uh, the uh, screen, uh, it it shows you the graph of your mindfulness, concentration, and balance over the week, month, and year. Hmm. So you can totally gamify your mindfulness if you want. Yeah. And I, I am going to try it. So this app is new to me. It comes recommended by a psychotherapist that I know uh, and dear friend uh, who has been using this. And I, uh, I'm excited to dig in. So that is my the, bonus the, recommendation. The only thing I don't like about what you just said is the rating part of it. Because then it feels like you're putting judgment on your meditation. I and I don't, I don't like that. I'm I don't not like crazy that about that either. If it just collects yeah. it, that's fine. But if it's, right. it's me having to judge, it's, it's not as, I, I, as great. I, I, but you can you know, pass I, on that, right? I like do, you don't yeah, have to do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You can you can do that. But you know, I I pass judgment on myself every day when I go for my runs, right? At the end of the run, I'm saying, Am I, you know, am I happy? Am I sad? Am I hurt? Am I, you know, whatever. And so uh I'm gonna give it a shot just in terms of trying to be more aware of my state, right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, kinda, I think that's a nice, nice way of putting yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it just lets me track, I think, and and develop that muscle about getting better at being aware of my state and and being more intuitive and intentional about finding a, that place of balance and equanimity. Yeah. So that's it. That's what I've got. All right. I so like fun. it, Pete. You are just so full of technology goodness. Like, I love it. Well, I'm full of something. <laughs> This Thank is great. You. Lots Thank of you. stuff. We're, yes. we're going to have a lot of stuff in the notes. A lot I know, of apps it's and be stuff. Big yeah. notes. I, I don't know if it'll be a record-breaking notes, but I do have a lot of it stuff could be. In the notes this time around. So. Yeah. yeah, good. Right. I like it. All right. Thanks everybody for downloading and listening to this very show. Thank you so much, Nikki, for your time. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we will catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>